General Baptist Ministries has been called by God to exist for the church. We aren't here so General Baptist can help us do ministry. We are here to help the church do ministry and to fulfill its commission by God to make disciples of all nations and preach the good news to every man, woman, boy, and girl. We partner with churches because we believe that we can do more together than any one person or church can do alone. I'm Dustin Thompson, Vice President for Regional Ministries, and I want to welcome you to this episode of the Doing Together podcast. Doing Together is about sharing the ways that General Baptists partner together so that your church can fulfill, fulfill its calling. This week, we have two special guests with us as we dive into the topic of finances inside the church. I know this can be something that you may either be uncomfortable with or you feel like this may not affect your ministry or leadership. But today we plan on unpacking the complexity of church finances and discuss why this is something that every leader needs to be aware of. Our guests today include Pastor Travis Stevens, the Vice President for Church Health and a former executive pastor, and Linda McDonough, the Chief Financial Officer of General Baptist Ministries, a certified public accountant, and a volunteer at her local church. Today I'd like to welcome my friends to the podcast, Mrs. Linda and Pastor Travis, to the Doing Together podcast as we talk about church finances. It is great to be here today, uh, just to be a part of it. I'm happy to be here, too, I suppose. <laughs> I just want to say that even though I am not a certified public accountant, I did take accounting in uh, college, uh, I at took least a, a semester. I took a spreadsheets course on paper. Yeah. yeah. That's funny, like, talking about, like, backgrounds. First off, I'd like to say thank you all for allowing me to kidnap you and— uh, uh, well, specifically, Miss Linda kidnap her, and uh, for y'all to be willing to talk about church finances. Um, I know we all have different backgrounds. Uh, I openly joke around. I am a pastor who does accounting. I am not an accountant. I believe Travis, you could be an accountant, and Miss Linda, you definitely are an accountant. So, like, what's what's y'all's background uh, when it comes to finances? Yeah, for me, it was uh, going to college and then uh, taking accounting classes. I have. Uh, a degree in business management, management information systems. Uh, and so, yeah, I took some accounting, not an accountant, uh, but I know just enough to uh, get by, I guess. For me, I went to school. Uh, I wanted to be an economics major. I wanted to go into banking. They said, well, if you want to go into banking, you need to go into accounting. So I went into accounting and became a bank auditor instead of a banker. I went to work for a local CPA firm. That local CPA firm also was the auditing firm for here, for the ministries. And when the restructuring process happened in the late 90s, they called me in and offered me the position of financial officer to take over all of the accounting for the ministries. So between the three of us, y'all two definitely are going to know what we're talking about today. Um, in full transparency, y'all are the ones I call with my financial questions. So uh, for those of y'all listening, these are some great contacts. Uh, I was a pastor who had no experience when it came to business. Um, I said yes to be an executive pastor at a church in West Plains, Missouri, and had a mentor who taught me the business side of church, which, you know, a lot of times this stuff gets overlooked. So I'm excited that we're getting to talk about it today, highlight it in, uh, in this context, but also help share with people why this is so important. So how would you explain why financial stewardship from a church context is important? Well, I would say just from my, my understanding of everything that comes from God. And so 
uh, our finances are a gift from God and a blessing from God. And so if everything's the Lord's and uh, he owns everything, then we should be good stewards of it. And so, um, yeah, financial management, financial stewardship is important in our personal life and then uh, certainly is important in uh, the life of a church. Linda's agreeing. Linda's agreeing. Yeah. You know, I think this is extremely important. At least two times, maybe even three times in the New Testament, it says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so to me, like money is a spiritual topic. It's extremely spiritual. Money in church is important. Uh, I would say your second most important theological document is your church budget because it reveals where your money actually goes. Like your statements of faith say what you believe, and your financial documents show what you really believe. So uh, I think this is extremely important, and it gets fleshed out multiple different ways. So what does this practically look like in a church? So we talk about stewarding finances. Like, what does it really look like for the local leader, the local pastor, local trustee or deacon board as they're wrestling through finances on the local level? Yeah, I think uh, for us it's looked a little bit differently as we went, but I mean, at the very beginning, and I think the basis foundation of of it all is you know there's a, should be a budget that's set up uh, by the church uh, a lot of times you know the pastors and the deacons are involved in that sometimes the whole church is involved in that in some way of approving that budget um, but a t- budget tells you uh, you know where you want your money to go and, and so that's a part of it of course all the accountability that comes from um, when somebody gives for the uh, gives to the church what does that look like what's your responsibilities there and so there's a lot that uh, goes into that, uh, and we can dive deeper into that, uh, you know, if we want to. Yeah, for those of you who maybe you're unfamiliar with this, a budget is simply just a guide of where your money goes. But there's a whole other side of accounting that is the reports that show where your money actually went. So tracking your income and expenses is really important. And Miss Linda, that's really one of the primary things you do, correct? That's correct. That's very important especially when you're in a situation like here at the ministry office and in your local church, you don't know what your weekly income is going to be on a regular basis. So you really need to know your expenses and have those planned out and have a backup plan in case things don't go your way. I mean, if anything, the pandemic taught us that. That's one of my favorite things when I talk to uh, local church, uh, not local church leaders, local business leaders, like in business world, you can make more widgets. And so your income is somewhat con- controllable. Like in the nonprofit world, you really have no clue other than your best your best guess. Um, what are some other ways that this physically looks like on the church level? I just want to go back to your best guess. Uh, so when I put together a budget and we start looking at that, it, it's, a, it's a guess based on facts, you know, and data that has come in. Right, and, and so most of us, we have that. You know, you you have that from, all right, what did we spend last year? What came in last year? Um, even if you don't have necessarily a budget, you should have those numbers, right? You can get those. And so, um, yeah, it's not a guess. It's, hey, we're basing this on some facts, some data that we have that we're saying, um, okay, this is what came in last year, and so we can budget accordingly for the next year. It's not uh, just guessing. I, I use no, a magic no, eight ball. No, don't guess. Don't guess. <laughs> Um, I think it one of the hardest things to do when it comes to a budget is how do you project the income. Mm-hmm. Expenses are somewhat easy to be able to track, but when it comes to projecting the income, 
And I've been with leaders who are faith-based leaders and they just like arbitrary pull a number from some spiritual place. And then I've been with super conservative people and uh, you just got to sort of figure out like what your method is. And then I would say be consistent. That's one of the hardest things when it comes to projecting income. Um, I would say that history is your best friend. Mm -hmm. Look back and see what you have done. Mm-hmm. And don't try to plan on doing a whole lot more than that unless you've got a plan to increase your income somehow. Mm-hmm. That's really good. That's great advice, yes. Yeah, a lot of times people, like, they want to project, you know, increases without the plan to get there. So I think that's really good wisdom. Um, let's talk a little bit about financial integrity because I do think that is one of the ways this gets fleshed out at the local level. Um, most of the time we're familiar with what the lack of integrity looks like. But what would you say is sound financial integrity inside of the local church? Transparency. Mm, that's good. Um, let, them, let everyone see what you're spending, what you're spending it on. If they have questions, answer their questions as best you can. How, how, would, you, how would you physically have transparency? Would that be conversations? Like what mechanisms would provide that? Oh, I would publish a budget or publish a document every month showing what your finances are. At least take that to your church council, your elders, your deacons, let them see what's going on. And however often you have a business meeting, take those financials to the business meeting, let them see it. Yeah, that's good. Um, Something uh, also that you need to think about is that as uh, someone counts the offering every week, right? And so who is, uh, who is, you know, should they be doing it alone? Should there be two people in the room? I always think there should be two people in the room. There are two people who are signing off. Uh, they're writing down what's come in, check numbers, all that type of stuff. There's some accountability there. And then, okay, what's the process that happens after that? Like whose hands does it go uh, through? Is it just one person or is it multiple people uh, who signs the checks? Is it one person signing the checks? Is it multiple people signing checks? Um, different levels of accountability uh, when we're talking about the churches, uh, the money that comes into a church. Yeah, I think that's great. So we're talking, on one hand, uh, Miss Linda's talking about accounts payable or the way that we spend money and then the way we can track it. And then Travis is talking about accounts receivable or the way that we bring money in. And very important, I would say, always have at least two people from different households counting the money in a secure place. Um, but then there's another part of this with financial integrity, which would be donor management. And I know sometimes this is uncomfortable because especially some church context, you don't want to think that people know this stuff. But like really part of donor management is somebody has to keep up with this. Somebody has to give the giving credit or the, or the tax records. But another part of this is if this is a spiritual thing, it is discipleship as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so for... For us uh, at, at my church, um, yeah, I'm the one who who does that. Like I'm the one who sees what everybody gives, um, and so I think it's, you know, I think it's up to the church to decide. Okay, who who should have that information and who should not have inf- that information? You know, it's got to be somebody you trust. There's got to be some level of um, level of. Uh, hey, we trust this person. They're not going to take and do something with this information that's uh, deceiving or whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's important. Well, and I know this is a passion point uh, with you, Miss Linda, when it comes to like how do you honor people's gift or the request that they've attached to their gift? Can you speak a little bit about why that part of donor management is important? Well, here at the ministry offices, 
the bulk of our donations are restricted in some sort. It's been given for a specific purpose, a specific field, a specific project within the field even. So when something like that comes in, and when it comes into your church, I would keep those earmarks on there. Uh, if it comes to your building and it, or to your church and it's for the building project, I think that you need to have that as a separate line in your finances and show that that we received X amount of dollars this week for our building fund. Yeah, I've always been taught that if somebody gives restricted money for carpet, it has to be spent on carpet. If they restrict money for red carpet, it has to be spent on red carpet. And if not, you have to be willing to give it back or ask them to change it to green carpet. Exactly. Um, and then we can have a conversation on who would put green carpet in their church. <laughs> one, of the things that, one of the things I run into the other day, uh, talking to somebody was... Um, so there is also an IRS uh, requirement, right, for churches to report, um, you know, what people give. We're supposed to give them a contribution statement at the end of the year, and I ran into somebody who, like, didn't know that. They didn't realize, oh, you know, if somebody gives, I think the number is 200, if they give over $250 a year, like, you're required to give them a contribution statement, and they had no idea about that. Yeah, that, that's great to remind some of our folks because we— Always don't think about those complexities when it comes to this. Think money in, money out. But like there is like a fiduciary responsibility and a legal responsibility to this. Absolutely. So that could be a great example of an issue that a leader has to face. Like ignorance in the meaning of not knowing. Not that someone is stupid or that they don't understand. Just the fact that they might not know some of these uh, requirements. So what are some other issues that church leaders face when it comes to money management in the church? I think one thing for me um, that was hard was payroll and like how to figure out payroll taxes and what that looked like for, okay, if this person's a pastor, you know, taxes are a little bit different for them. Um, if, if somebody's not an ordained pastor, you know, it looks differently. And so for us, uh, for me especially, it was like, all right, I'm going to do the payroll thing for a little bit. And then once I figured out, like, I don't know enough about this, like, I know enough to just get me in trouble, um, you know, I had to hand that off to somebody else who knew more. And, and so now for the past, you know, for a long time now, we've outsourced all of our payroll uh, accounting. And so I, I don't have my hands in any of that anymore. And it was because, like, I realized, like, I don't know enough about this. I'm going to have to hand it off to somebody else. Yeah, I think that's a great example. Um, you know, your average pastor... Even your business administrator in the church doesn't have time to keep up with tax codes and tax law. And so, like, you can easily outsource that, which I would also say plays into financial integrity because you're not paying yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I've also been told it's one of the few areas that your church can get into legal trouble. And, Miss Linda, you might be That's able to right. reference yes. that. Like, I've known churches who um, they've actually not paid payroll tax and they've came back and had issues with the IRS. That's right. And if they don't have, I've ran into it several times where they don't have their own tax ID number with the government. Each of our churches out there need to have their own EIN. They need to have their own tax number with the IRS. They need to have their own tax number with their state. Uh, they need to have their own sales tax exemption. All of, all of these documents they need to have on hand. I can imagine paranoid people listening to this, either at their computer or while they drive, like trying to make a note of like, do we have this stuff? <laughs> Who do I need to talk to in the local church? Um, and, and I'll jump ahead and tell you, 
this isn't this doesn't have to be intimidating. Like if you need help, there are people like us who are here to help you who actually enjoy this kind of thing. So please don't feel like overwhelmed or intimidated. Um, but what are some other issues that you see people happen to wrestle with when it comes to leading locally? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, um, again, not knowing where to start, not knowing um, there's the churches that have been around for, they've operated without a budget for, you know, 20, 30 years. And so they're like, well, why do I even need a budget? Um, and so they may not know where to even begin. I, I think a lot of the people in America these days, I I think they're not real, real good um, managing their personal finances. They don't have a personal budget. And so like, even coming up with a budget is, you know, is a new thing for them. And so even uh, just where to start, I think, is a big thing. Yeah, and I think one of the one of the things that, like, pairs well with the concept of a budget is, um, at least in my understanding, budgets should follow vision. And so, mm-hmm. like, when you know where you're going, where you know where you want to go, then your budget then becomes the guide for how to get you there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times there's churches that don't have a budget but what it's really revealing is they're really just floating. Like they don't really know where they're going or even know where they want to go. So I think that's a huge issue. Um, now, another one would be, you know, we all uh, serve, lead, volunteer at some level in our local church, but every church is different. And so you have some churches that are pastor-led, you have some churches that would be board-led or elder-led, and then some churches that financial things go to the body. And I think that's a complexity that comes with how do you walk this out locally is understanding how it works in your context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm sure more church fights and splits have come because of over this money stuff and the color of the carpet than uh, than we would like to admit. Yeah. Miss um, Linda, like in y'all's context as a church, is it more of a Everything goes to the floor, to the general body. Do you have like a financial board that takes care of most of it? No, we have a finance board that takes care of the finances. They, um, We have a treasurer. The treasurer has now been outsourced mainly to a CPA there here in town. We also have financial clerks, though. There's a team of them that actually go in every week. Uh, they do it on a rotating basis, and they handle all the donations like we were just talking about. Um, we have a financial secretary that handles all of the outgoing. and then, um, But we have a finance board that meets on a regular basis. They meet every month, review the finances, and then we have a quarterly business meeting. And that quarterly business meeting would primarily be where the transparency piece takes yes. place? yes. And Travis, how does this work like at your local level? Yeah, so uh, generally I'm the one who's overseeing all of the finances at, uh, at my church. There's a, there's a board of elders who are going to oversee. Um, basically, for the most part, our church staff and stuff does the day-to-day purchases. Once we come up with a budget for the year, you know, as long as you're operating within that budget, and then, you know, you're pretty free to spend as long as, you know, you have the money in your budget to do that. But anything outside of the budget... Uh, would then go to that uh, board of elders for them to approve uh, in order to do, in order for something bigger to happen, you know, something if it's past a certain amount of money, if it's outside of the budget, you know, it goes to them for their approval. That's a lot of how it works like at our level. Uh, the difference probably, the biggest difference between like our context would be uh, I have someone on staff who does most of the the actual data entry when it comes to finances, and then I'm more of a manager 
uh, which also helps with the checks and balances piece. So mm -hmm. one of the financial integrity components is equally spreading the load out to where you don't have just one person doing all the parts of it. Uh, so those are some of the things you got to overcome on the local level, but like it could be a little overwhelming. So when it comes to like, how do I even attempt this? How do I attempt to have healthy financial management? How do I attempt to have healthy uh, accountability? Like where do you suggest people even start? Yeah, I think reaching out to us is a great place to start. And uh, for the most part, you know, we've either, if we can't answer a question, which is likely going to be the case in some cases, you know, if, um, then we can point you to someone who can or to a resource who can. Uh, if you're like, hey, I, I need somebody to help with payroll, you know, we know people who can help with payroll. Or if you say, I just want somebody to handle all of the finances, like every bit of it, there's organizations out there that, that handle all of that type of stuff. And so you don't have to get involved in it. And so uh, I think just by reaching out to us, you can reach out to me, uh, travis.stevens at jeromebaptist.com. Uh, I would be happy to help you, whether it's setting up a budget, uh, setting up a, you know, a plan for giving uh, that, that fits within a vision that you have, um, whether it's a capital campaign. We haven't really talked about that, but if you're hoping to raise money for an addition on your church or some sort of ministry um, that you don't have the money in the budget currently for, you know, that's something that we've walked through before that we could help with. Um, but yeah, we would love to help. And if we can't help you, you know, there's a lot of people out there who resources out there that we can point you towards. You're saying if you can't uh, find the answer, you know how to find people who can find the answer? I think so, yeah. I, th I think it's intriguing the idea of like getting help in general because like sometimes people feel like this is this weights all on one person, this weights all on a trustee team or like one executive pastor or one staff person. But like, I think the reality is financial stewardship is everyone's responsibility. Like this is uh, a key component of the church holistically. So part of that is getting the right people on board. And I think that includes the lead pastor. Like this is not a topic that can be delegated. It's something that like they have to have some type of understanding with. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, that's not always the case because like you said, um, most of us, we don't get into pastoring or we don't, I mean, we're called to preach, right? We're not called to account <laughs> or accounting. <laughs> and so... Um, so it's not it's not a place that generally a lot of pastors enjoy. Like we're weirdos and all this that we enjoy numbers and stuff. Like I just enjoy money. Uh, I hope to you know I want more of it uh, coming into my life. Like uh, that would be great. And so uh, I'm like, if I learn how to steward it well, then uh, good things generally happen. And I think it's the same case with churches for pastors. Yeah, you. Uh, it's important to know your numbers. It's important to know um, how much money's coming in and also what you're spending out. Uh, you better know it. Yeah, I think most pastors like to think of themselves more as Big Bird instead of the count. Uh, somebody's <laughs> got to be like counting the numbers. Um, but it's also why like when I make reports, I try really hard to simplify stuff. And so I have like the technical reports, but I'll also try to have like a summary. And if I'm feeling extra saucy that day, I'll try to give people pictures because there's different layers of people who can process a, a profit and loss statement compared to a pie chart. Uh, and sometimes I just need people to be able to read the pie chart. <laughs> sometimes I need people to be able to read the whole uh, financial summary statement. Um, so we've mentioned budgets a few times, and Travis, you suggested that like if people want help or, or need help, that they can reach out to you directly. Mm -hmm. uh, but what are like the key components of a budget? Yeah, of course, uh, your revenue. So that's uh, the money coming into the church, what people are giving 
Um, you know, that's pretty easy to figure out. And then uh, your expenses. And so that's a variety of things, but that's generally uh, salaries, that's facilities, or uh, do you have a mortgage on your building? What are your utility bills? Those are pretty fixed costs. Like, you know, generally you're going to have those. Um, and then ministry, you know, what about, you know, if it's kids ministry, youth ministry, if it's an outreach, if it's missions, you know, that, that type of stuff that can be uh, we're giving. And so, and then even with administrative stuff, office supplies, maybe it's postage. It's, it's all these little things that we don't often think about, but like, yeah, that's, that's cost money, you know, when you're uh, even sending cards or something like that. So uh, there's a few different things there. Is there anything I forgot? I was thinking building maintenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a van ministry or a bus ministry, mm-hmm. you need to make sure you have insurance oh, yeah. and plenty mm-hmm. of gas. And mm-hmm. Well, and when you subtract those expenses from your income, it creates uh, what you know, the business world would either call it a profit or a loss, but the word I really like to use is margin. Uh, and it shows you like what you have to be able to dream and do ministry with. And one of my favorite quotes is margin, whether it's financial margin or time margin, like it's meant to be spent. So like we don't just hoard stuff, but like we try to like leverage things so that we can move the kingdom forward. Um, and this is true both professionally, but it's also true personally. And so, you know, Miss Linda, Travis and I, we've had, um, you know, very specific um, experiences when it comes to business. Uh, both of us have been in church. One of my favorite stories with Travis is he used to work for a dynamite company. Most people don't know that. It was an explosive job. Miss mm-hmm. um, Linda, you've had wide experience with churches. With you as a CPA, you've had experience with, with individuals as well. Do church finances really look different than personal finances? To some degree, uh, probably more so on the revenue side. Like we said earlier, on a personal side, you pretty much know week to week, month to month, what your income is going to be. With a church, you may have a little more flexibility. Things may happen. You may have a weather event that shuts the church down for a week. That's going to affect your income. We're Baptists. We don't give when we're not at church, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of my favorite inventions of the 20th century was online giving. That's right. Yes, sir. (laughs) That is true. That's Uh, helped. Testify. (laughs) Um, There there are definitely some differences. Uh, One of the quotes I've heard is that the biggest difference is the number of zeros that are attached. Um, But there's also some similarities, which would be like you shouldn't spend more than you bring in. Uh, Or this idea... Um, that in your personal life and, and in your professional life, like it is a spiritual issue. Uh, another one of my favorite quotes is you shouldn't take financial advice from broke people. Uh, I think you shouldn't take financial advice from about church ministry from broke churches. Um, so there, there's definitely some similarities, but there are also some pretty strong differences like what Miss Linda pointed out. Well, we've mentioned some resources that we recommend, one of those being Pastor Travis and our uh, church health ministries here with General Baptist. Uh, Some personal uh, tools that someone can reach out to would be Financial Peace University or uh, Ramsey Solutions. That's great on the personal level. Uh, Can y'all think of some books that would be great recommendations? I've heard Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a good one. Oh, yeah, that is uh, good. I, I always I started out by reading the Dave Ramsey books, uh, Financial Peace. I'm trying to think of what else I've read. I've read some retirement type stuff. Um, from a church standpoint, there used to be a book called Giving Rocket. Uh, I'm not sure if that's still out there or not, but that was a good one on fundraising and sort of financial management. Um, 
I'm not sure. Chris, I think it's Chris Hogan that has one mm-hmm. on retirement. He was with the Ramsey Group as okay. well. I'm not sure if he's still there or not, but um, that's a good one. Um, also, we're members of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability, ECFA for short, and uh, there are plenty of resources there as well. Some of them you could go to the website and probably access and not be a member, but um, if you do find a resource on there and they want you to pay for it, all you have to do is contact me and I could get the resource for you since we're members. A lot of these resources you can find access at the General Baptist website, which is generalbaptist.com, which also includes some of these church health resources that Travis has mentioned uh, another resource Travis has already mentioned is payroll accountants or uh, outsourced accounting. Like we have connections that we can help you with on that and specific church coaching, which several of the uh, pastors and the staff at General Baptist Ministries is able to help with, including Miss Linda, Travis, myself, uh, Pastor Vince, Pastor Mark. Um, we have a lot of people who are willing, but like what I've found when it comes to finances is there is... Um, sometimes a pride or a shame that comes with wanting to let people in. And so uh, help can only really help if people are, are willing to accept it. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, again, it goes back, it somewhat goes back to a lot of times it's not the, the pastor doesn't know very much about the finances. So the person who's keeping up with the finances is not necessarily the person who may be even listening to this podcast, right? And so make sure you share this with uh, the people who are doing the finances at your church, whether it's uh, who's overseeing it, whether it's a secretary, treasurer, board members, uh, you know, make sure they go out and listen to this. Yeah. And this is when we talk about like financial integrity and financial stewardship is all of our responsibility. This is a kingdom responsibility. So listener, I just want to encourage you, uh, don't let this be something that's intimidating. Let let it be something that you choose to be a learner in uh, because it matters. This really matters. Well, thank you for joining us this week on the Doing Together podcast. I want to thank Miss Linda and Pastor Travis for joining us on this episode and sharing their financial wisdom with us. If you're a church leader and you're looking for next steps, I'd like to invite you to reach out to Travis at travis.stevens at generalbaptist.com or visit the church health resources available at generalbaptist.com. Our church health ministries are available to help guide and coach through issues just like this. If you haven't already done so, I want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are using to access our content today. And please leave us a review. It's one of the best ways for people to find us. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time on the next episode of the Doing Together podcast.